This is a KUNV Studios original program. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Sports Prep Live. I am your host, Graydon Prescott. There's been a lot going on in the sports world recently, so what a time it is to have our first prep talk of season two. You all know the drill. KB is here. You ready to go? Yes, yes. All right, let's get started. Um, first topic of discussion, this is being recorded the day after the NBA All-Star Game. Right. Um, all-Star Weekend, a lot of negative reviews um, for what ha- was happening. Obviously, the um, highest rated event was Steph and Sabrina going at it. Um, Three-point shootout. Mm-hmm. And uh, I personally really enjoyed that. But um, All-Star Weekend, is a lot of people are starting to say it's becoming a joke, and the All-Star Game specifically right, right. is becoming a joke. And that's because there's no, no defense played. Players don't take it serious. 200 points. 200, one, 211. 211, yes. Two, and, and not to mention the other team had 186. Correct. Um, so w- what do you think of that? And what would you, if you were Adam Silver, what would you do to um, try to improve the competitive nature of the All-Star game? I think he's going to have to incentivize it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to have to be some sort of monetary compensation uh, tied to the winning team. I know that they get something for being on the team, but I think I think it's $100,000, if I'm not mistaken, if they make the all-star roster. Yeah. But I think what they're going to have to do is to incentivize these guys by ponying up for the winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to be, with, what do they have, like 12 guys or something like that? So it's probably going to be, you know, couple million dollars or more mm-hmm. um but that will incentivize them to play defense um, you're going to get better basketball you're going to get more fan engagement but you know when you have a game and you you the, they pop off nearly 400 points between the two teams because there's no defense played everyone is allowed to do basically everything um it does start to lose the tension and that tension is a part of sports, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing who's going to come out on top, because you see the effort being made to win the game. Yeah. And that just wasn't there yesterday. And Adam Silver has already begun to address it. He knows it's an issue. I know that Stephen A. was really critical of the game um, on first take. Um, and they're having that issue with the slam dunk contest as well, mm-hmm. you know, that the players that the fans would probably most want to see in that slam dunk competition are not necessarily there. So I think they're going to have to incentivize it a little bit more on the game side. Um, obviously what happened, the, the the shootout that went down between Sabrina and Steph Curry, I think that was the highest drawing. Yes, it was. Yep. In terms of viewership. I was certainly interested and excited to see what was going to happen. I think Reggie Miller spoke about it during the broadcast, and I, I happen to agree with what he said, which was, I mean, Sabrina came out and shot lights out. Yeah, Her did. score would have actually won. At least tied, yeah. Yeah, for the, the, main, the, main, the main event for the men's uh, three-point shootout. So she came in cold, 
and, and knocks down 26 points. And, and I know Steph was nervous when she went through those first two racks. Oh I think she God. only she missed, missed one, one shot. shot in the first right. two racks. So yeah. that, that was really exciting. I was pulling for her. I love Steph Curry. I was pulling for her. But I do think the one thing that they need to change is to make sure that she shoots from the distance that she's accustomed to shooting from during the season, and then he shoots from the distance that he's accustomed to shooting from. Mm -hmm. I think they thought that there might be some gender pushback one way or the other, and I really don't think that would have materialized. I think people would have respected the fact that she's shooting from the range that she shoots from all season long, and he's doing the same thing, and then let the chips fall where they may. Had that not happened, been that differential, I think she would have got him. She probably would have. He got her by three points. I think she would have got him. Well, yeah, but I, I, I mean, it was her idea to shoot from the NBA correct, line. Correct. So she wanted to shoot from the NBA line. She showed up. She showed out. And you got to give, you got to tip her hat to Sabrina for doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely, she's a flamethrower. Yeah, that's incredible. So I mean, if she was shooting from her line, yeah, she would have won. But she also talks about she practices from the NBA three-point line every single day. Right. It's not like she practices. Just to have that range. Yeah. It's not like she's always practicing WNBA threes. Right. No, she she's so prolific at WNBA threes because she practices the NBA. Right, because so. they, they guard that three-point line as well. So mm-hmm. you're gonna, inevitably you're going to have to shoot it a little bit further out anyway. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've heard about the All-Star game or a theory is they should incentivize the playoffs or the finals by the all-star game because they're back in the east-west format and i don't know if i agree with this but i've just heard it from multiple people as to what would solve the problem and it would solve the problem immediately of the competitive nature um winner of the all-star game winning conference automatically gets home court for the nba finals seems like a little bit extreme to me but but i mean i see i see the thought process i really do because as soon as that happens, right, if the East wins and their team, the Eastern Conference team that makes it to the NBA Finals, Correct. they get home court. Correct. So everybody is going to try to win that game. That's an and play interesting out. idea. I, know. I had not heard that. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people. I think um, Hassan Whiteside said something about it. Gilbert Arenas said mm-hmm. something about it. Um, and I think that is an interesting idea. And if I were the commissioner, I would actually look into that because that's something that would immediately fix all the problems with the All-Star game. That is a really interesting idea. And I think he can get creative with things. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, I was just sitting here thinking while you were throwing that idea out there, if the winning team got a few more rest days than the losing team, right? Like those are things that they really value. Yeah. Uh, they want to be able to take a rest, especially some of the older players, um, and make sure that they're taking care of their bodies. 82 games is a grueling season, and I know the old hats always talk about, well, we did it, and we didn't have a problem, we didn't take rest days, and all of that is true. Um, but it is, it's it's a much more grueling and a much more demanding um, sport. I mean, it's high-flying and um, up and down the court all the time. You know, you, you, you had guys that were a little bit heavier back in the day yeah, uh, that were able to play. And now, you know, the athleticism is off the chart. So that may not be a bad idea just to come up with something really creative where you're incentivizing the players in such a way that um, the, the, the value proposition that they're getting is something that 
they really look forward to, something that they would really like to have. Mm -hmm. And I know rest days are really valuable. You know, the idea that I don't know where it came from that you just mentioned, which is probably the best of them all, is the, the, the winning conference or the winning side gets... Uh, home, home court. court advantage. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that it is. is really huge. And I think everybody will play defense if you throw something like that out there. So that's yeah. a really interesting idea. So we'll have to keep our, our eye on um, Adam Silver to see kind of what he does. But I know he understands it's a problem and it's something that he needs to, to address and, and, and he needs to fix. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking, um, well, switching gears actually, um, in Vegas, one of the main sporting events coming up is the high school basketball playoff. Yes, yes. Um, we have quarterfinals are over. We know who the semifinalists are for the girls and the boys, and these games will be taking place at Thomas and Mack Center on Thursday. Um, so for the semifinals on the boys' side, Arborview plays against Coronado. Good team. And then this is what I think is really going to get some people watching. Gorman plays Liberty. Right. Um I would have liked to see that in the final, but hey, you know, they played at Liberty this year. It was a close game. I was there. It was a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to get that rematch. That's going to be a great game. And on the girls' side, Shadow Ridge plays Centennial. Two very good teams. Strong teams, yes. Centennial is the number one seed. Um, I think they're expected to win that. And then Gorman, uh, Gorman girls play Democracy Prep again. Democracy Prep game, is yeah. another good team, and Gorman is, I think, the two seed. So, these are all great games. Um, I'm looking forward to them personally. I can't wait to see who comes out on top. Do you have any any predictions for those? That's you know, it's going to be tough just to come up with a prediction this year because there's so much parity. parity yeah, unlike in maybe years past where you kind of had an indication as to who might come out on top. This year, there really is a lot of parity. There, there is no visibility as yeah. to who is going to win the championship on the, the men's side or, or the women's side or the, the boys' or the girls' side. Um, on the boys' side, I've seen Liberty play. Mm-hmm. I've seen Bishop play. I've seen uh, Arborview play. I've seen Coronado play. And all of them... All of them can have beat can one another, yeah. right? Like yeah. no one team has beat all three, all yeah. the other three teams. Gorman hasn't beat Liberty, and they haven't beat Coronado, but they beat Arborview, who has beat Coronado and Liberty. Right, right. Liberty beat Gorman, but they lost to Coronado, Correct. and uh, they beat Arborview, I believe. Um, they did. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on. I think. I think Coronado has beat all three of them. That might really? be, that might be the only team they haven't suffered that a loss might, to any of them. But they're, then again, their record is like sixteen and eleven. Right, but they beat Gorman, Liberty, and Arborview. And Arborview. I think they've played Arborview twice and they split. But I do know for a fact that they beat Gorman, and I think they beat Liberty. Okay, so, so. they're not undefeated. That's the point that I was making. Yeah. the broader point is that they're not undefeated mm-hmm. going against these teams, and so. Um, you know, that just gets back to the parity. So, and when you have parity, you're going to get some really exciting basketball. So I'm hoping that the listeners, because this airs tomorrow on Tuesday, uh, I'm hoping that listeners, it's right here on campus, pop over there to Thomas and Mac Arena, you're going to see some really great basketball and not to be outdone uh, on the girls' side. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are Absolutely. hoopers on the girls' side as well. Uh, I've, I've always been a fan uh, of, of women's and girls basketball. It is getting more and more exciting by the year. It almost seems like by the week. Um, so I'm definitely going to be over there and I'm really looking forward to some great basketball 
uh, on both sides, you mm-hmm. know, from the boys and the girls. Um, and I have no idea who's going to kind of come out on top on either one. Mm-hmm. There, there, and there's some hopers for all the all these schools. I mean, Liberty, you got. Um, Tyus, Tyus, yeah, Tom, DJ's yeah. younger brother. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ, shout, yeah, you know. shout out to the Thomases. Yep, DJ goes here, UNLV. Um, Tyus is a hooper man. He can ball. He can ball. He can ball. Nato, they got Josiah Cunningham and uh, another hooper, another baller. <laughs> Arborview has Farrell Compton, right? Gorman, you got you know Nick Jefferson, Ryder Ellis, Aldez, Jet, the whole squad. Um, and Gorman has a few freshmen too who can really get it in. Yes. Um, t- t- Cameron Cooper. Is Cam tough. Cooper, whose who's dad uh, I believe is an assistant coach yeah, at UNLV. He is an assistant coach True at UNLV. True freshman there. Elon um, Nikolov. Elon, another yep. freshman who is starting actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's a flamethrower. And, and then Ty, Ty. Ty Watson. Right. Ty. And you played with him. You guys won. Yep. Ty and I played together this year. You guys won your championship this year. Um, Should have been undefeated. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> only had one loss by one point. Um, yeah. But you did come back and obliterate the team twice. That... <laughs> twice we won by twenty five and twenty six. Right, the next right. Time we so played. shout out to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen Ty play, and you know they they rank the players here in Las Vegas, and I think right now Ty is number three on that list. Uh, Cam is number two, and then I, I Elon believe is Elon number is number one. Number one. Yeah, but. Eyeball test. Looking at these players now, Ty or I'm sorry, uh, Elon and Cam have size, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're both like six, six four, four, six, six five. five, right? Ty is like five eleven, six feet tall. He's explosive, but, but oh my goodness! Yeah, if we're talking pound for pound skill set, he has got to be the best freshman in the state, bar none. He's, if he was six three, six four, six five, he would be a beast. He's tough already. And and yes, yeah. there are those that would say he's a beast already. Ty Johnson audience, Watson. if you do not know Ty Watson, if you do not know, you better ask somebody. This dude is a problem. And and I heard you may actually even have him yep, coming yep. up on, on the show in the not too distant future. Not too distant future. Ty is a problem. He is fast. He is he, he it's explosive. He's got wheels. By that I mean he can leap for those mm-hmm. for the unin- uninitiated. I mean, leap out of the building. Um, yeah. One hand dunk, two hand dunk, snatching rebounds over guys three, four, five inches taller than him. Yeah. Um, th- this this guy is lethal. Um, and defense, like oh my goodness, I haven't seen a game where he's not ripping somebody four, five, six times. I mean, it's yeah. just it's unreal. So yeah, I would say to me, Ty is the number one. Um, and again, no no disrespect to Elon and Cam who can hoop, but skill set. Yeah, Ty. Ty if, is if tough. you go yeah. check these teams out, check out Bishop Gorman um, on Thursday right here on campus, Thomas and Macarena. Ty is a problem. He's coming, and he's only a fr- he's a true freshman. And he's a true freshman. Yeah, Ty is coming. He's coming. I'm Grant and Prescott here on Sports Prep Live. You already know what's going on. We're back with the prep talk, first time of season two. Uh, next topic of discussion, and this is a big one, Caitlin Clark. Now, we've been there before, yes. We, we, yes. We've spoke about Caitlin before, yes. but uh, we've seen a lot of a lot of disrespect coming towards her recently. Right, right. 
um, from notable people. Jay Williams was a little, recently. little sideways. Cheryl Swoops was talking a little sideways. Yes, she was. I mean, these people, you know, pro- two people uh, who uh, were professional basketball players. Right. Cheryl Swoops. Andrea Carta um, is another one. And Don I, Staley is another one. I know, one. and I'm paraphrasing and, here. And they've tried to clean it up, but... Yeah, all of them have tried to clean up their act, but I'm just going to start with Cheryl Swoops. Yes. Um, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't exactly what she said, but this is exactly the facts, quote-unquote WNBA facts. legend, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, Cheryl is, is, is as good as they come. Well... But almost, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl said that Caitlin only broke the scoring record because she's a fifth year senior, 25 years old, um, and shoots 40 shots a game. She did say that. Um, okay, Caitlin's 22, correct? She's in her fourth year of college basketball, right? She's playing true, and she shoots less than Cheryl Shoop shot in college. Yes, she does. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I, I don't know why we've got, we've got receipts, yeah. I mean, Cheryl had something to say, and Jay Williams had something to say. Don't state. Are we noticing a pattern? Kim here? Mulkey, like, like, yeah, we we are noticing a pattern, with the exception of Kim Mulkey, yeah, who, who was coming to the defense of her player Angel Reese, um, and Angel has kind of smoothed things over with with Caitlin. So I'm not really going to go in too much. I have on, nothing to say on, about Angel. On, Angel's on been Angel. fine this year, correct? Yeah, on Angel, but for Kim Mulkey to say what she said and for Don Staley. What did Kim Mulkey uh, say? Kim Mulkey said that she, we don't have people on our team that, that take, you know, 30 or 40 shots a game and that are, you know, super inefficient <laughs> and, you know, this is a team game. Like, there, it, it's as if no one recognizes what Caitlin is running with in terms of the team that she has around her. She doesn't have four and five star basketball players around her. For Caitlin Clark to have gotten to the national championship game with Monica with, and the with rest the of the team them. that was yeah. around, and shout out to Monica because Monica, Monica was solid. Monica was yeah. solid, but she wasn't a five star. No, and, and I doubt she was a four star. She wasn't, but she was solid. But she was solid. Yeah. Uh, for her to get Caitlin to get to the national championship game and drop thirty plus after dropping forty plus in the two ensuing games prior to that against South Carolina and against uh, Louisville. 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 Um, it's just unheard of. No one had ever done it before. That's why it was unheard of. Um, so she is in a very unique position. And I look at it this way. You take Caitlin Clark and you put her on, let's put aside South Carolina, right? Because they're, they're undefeated. You put her on Ohio State championship. You put her on Indiana championship. You put her on... UCLA championship. You put her on USC championship. You put her on Virginia Tech championship. I can go on down the line on the number a, a number of teams that you can put Caitlin Clark on this season. And they're winning this And chip. guarantee you they're going to come there, up with a chip. There's got to be like 15 of them, at least. Right, because there's so many four or five star players on those teams. I don't think that any other player in the country, save maybe Juju, could even come close to winning a championship with all of these other teams. That's how special Caitlin Clark is. Mm-hmm. And there is no one, again, with the possible exception of Juju Watkins, that you can take from those other teams, insert them in any given team, and guarantee you're going to come up with a championship. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's how special Caitlin Clark is. And Jay Williams, I am sorry for you to suggest that Caitlin Clark is not great 
because now again, let's back up here. He didn't say she's not the greatest because that's an argument that one mm-hmm. could make. You've got Diana Taurasi out there. You've got Candace Parker out there. You've got uh, 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 Brianna Stewart. With but her. here's here's the thing: they were all on super teams. Correct. So you know, correct. I mean, Diana Taurasi, she won four national three, championships. Three, three, three. Yeah, Brianna won, won four. Yeah, Brianna won four. Diana Taurasi won three. UConn, right? And Super. This was, I mean, and when Brianna was at UConn, they won like 118. They were loaded. Games. They won they like were, 118 correct, games in a row. Correct. They didn't lose at all in her four years there. No. And, and none of those women may have thought to do this, but no one had the courage to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own based on my skill set and see where it takes me. And that's what Caitlin Clark did. She stayed in Iowa, and every program in the country wanted this young woman. Mm-hmm. She is far more than just her scoring. You, when you were in, what, nine years old, I believe, mm-hmm. coined the term the maestro. And that's she right. really is the maestro. It isn't just scoring. She sees the floor like nobody's business. She drops dimes like nobody's business. She can use a little bit of work on the defensive side of the ball. This is true, yeah. But uh, she more than makes up for it with everything else that she does on the basketball court. She's gotten so much stronger than she was, you know, year after year after year. Mm -hmm. Her shooting range has extended year after year. Her efficiency has gone up. Her assists have gone up. Her rebounding has gone up. I mean, Caitlin Clark is unbelievable. So for Jay to say what he said and suggest that she's not great because she's won a champ, she hasn't won a championship, I think is just the height of being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like you can go down the line and count the number of people who've won a championship and would you classify, just take last year's team, you know, Jasmine Carson, um, uh, Alexis Morris, right? She's what the Harlem Globetrotters are they? Yeah. Would you classify them as great simply because they have a championship and they did have something to do with that championship. In fact, I would say that Jasmine Carson is the reason in Alexis that Angel Reese has a championship. But to suggest that she's not great, I think is just grossly irresponsible. It's grossly unfair. You know, he tried to cover it up a little bit. Same with Cheryl Swoops, you know, taking these digs at Caitlin. And I'm starting to think in the way that it happened in the 80s, I'm a little bit older than you, this happened in the, the 80s with Larry Bird. It happened in the 90s and the 2000s in, in you know, the music industry with Eminem. I'm starting to think some of these, these digs have a cultural tinge to them, mm-hmm. I, if I can put, put it nicely. I'm starting to think that you know the brothers and the sisters out there, a small contingent of them, don't want to give this young woman the love that she deserves. Caitlin Clark is a hooper. I don't care what color. She can be purple. Yeah. If all I care, Caitlin Clark is a hooper, bar none. Mm-hmm. So all of you people out there who are knocking on this young lady, stop, because yeah. she is her. And I'll, I'll I'll just say it straight up. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it how Fifty said it about Eminem. All, basketball historically, um, you know, it's been a sport dominated by black people. Correct. And Fifty, when he was talking about Eminem, he said rap. Historically, it's black music. Right. This is objectively true. It's black basketball has been dominated by black people. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. You could go, you can go, go down the line. Yeah. Rap dominated by black people. You know, Jay Z, Biggie, Tupac, Nas, down the line, right? And when you get a white person who shows up and does it better and rips it down, then all of the other black. <laughs> rips I mean, rips it down. <laughs> 
Eminem is fierce. On Eminem is fierce. Do and, not get it twisted. The same thing is happening right now in women's basketball with Caitlin Clark. Yes. She is better than all of the other girls in the country. She's better than Juju right now. Juju can get there. Yeah, Juju's Juju, just a freshman. Juju's fantastic. I've, I mean, and has had nothing but nice things to say about Caitlin Clark. I know. Juju, uh, and I've I'm a big met, fan of Juju. Met her uncle. I mean, Juju. Yes. Juju's fantastic. She's tough. She's a problem. And for me, she's clearly the second best player in the she, country yes. right now. But she ain't number one. Right. She ain't number one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, there's a gap between one and two that's bigger than the gap between two and five. I agree. And. I mean, that can't be said in many sporting instances ever. Maybe when Michael Jordan was roaming around the NBA, there was a bigger gap between one and two than right, two and five. Right. Maybe Patrick Mahomes right now, Caitlin right now. I mean, I, I can't think of too many other instances where the gap between the first best and the second best is bigger than the gap between the second best and the fifth best. And that's, that's what's going on with Caitlin right now. Correct. So these people, specifically people of African-American descent. right who are hating and, on Caitlyn. both of us are, for yep, the listeners. Yeah, and <laughs> so we are, we are yeah. keeping it a buck. We are calling this I, for I, what I, it look, is. I, I will not have any bias in these, only Absolutely. the facts. I assess Absolutely. the facts. I don't let my background, my culture, any of that influence my opinion. Only the facts get to influence. Correct. Like, this has to be objective when I say it. Caitlyn is the baddest on the planet right now. She is the face of basketball, not women's basketball. Caitlin Clark is the face of basketball. You will remember a few months ago on the sports, uh, on the prep talk, mm -hmm. we were having a discussion because Slam Magazine came out and I think it was Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. On the, cover, <laughs> on the cover of Slam Magazine. Yeah, absolutely. And even though in retrospect, I, I understand where you were coming from. You were like, look, Basketball season's about to pop off. This is why they're putting, you know, Jimmy Butler on the cover of the magazine. Um, I was an advocate for Caitlin Clark being yeah. on the cover of the magazine because everything that we are now witnessing, we knew was going to happen way back then. She is, she has obliterated the NCAA record and she is not NCAA record and she's not done. Like she's going after Pete Marriage, Pete Maravich's record, mm -hmm. and she's going to get it. Yeah, she where is. she's at thirty five sixty nine. Caitlin is, I think, ninety five, ninety six points off the record with four games to go. That math, not is, including, yeah, uh, the not tournament. including the tournament, not including she has the tournament. Four games to go. Right. So that math is about twenty four points per game. Right. Um, she's averaging what 32 points a game. Thirty two point. Five. Two or something, yeah, yeah, somewhere I, no, in there. She had forty nine the other day, so it's got to be did. a little bit she higher. Did. And she left the game, you know, with three minutes left. Yeah, should have had fifty. But I mean, she's about to beat Pete Maravich's record, which has been standing since the sixties. She broke Kelsey Plum's record, which I mean, a lot of people said that one was going to be unbreakable, and now she's broken it, right, with ease in fifteen less games than and, her. And I think Caitlin's record, maybe Might for not. men's and women, but certainly women's, I think it's going to be unbreakable. I yeah. do not foresee this I, record being broken. I mean, just imagine Pete Maravich's record 40 years. Pete Maravich played 50 years. Pete Maravich played three seasons. He did. He did. He averaged 44 points. He did. <laughs> when there wasn't a three point. No, so shout that's out. For, shout that's out, ridiculous. Shout out to Pistol Pete. Um, yeah. But still, just in terms of the sheer number, right? I mean, she, she's probably going to hit 3,700 or, th yeah, 3,700 3, points, points 
before all is said and done this season, not including the tournament. That's just unheard of. Mm-hmm. I can't see that ever being broken. So, and she still Jay has Williams year of eligibility. Fall back. Yeah, Cheryl Swopes. Now, I, I will say that Cheryl did reach out to Angel Reese, and Angel reached out to Caitlin. I guess Cheryl apologized to Caitlin. She tried to clean up these remarks, but I'm I'm telling you to the basketball world out there, particularly you guys who, for one reason or another, in our culture, African Americans that are hating on this young woman. Stop it. Yeah. She is a hooper, period. Independent of color. Caitlin Clark can flat out ball. Yep. I think we should end on that right there. Period. Full stop. We should end on that right there. You got it. This has been a great episode of the Prep Talk. Thank you all for tuning in to Sports Prep Live. I'm your host, Graydon Prescott. And as always, we will see you on the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott. And don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you. (laughs) 